Do you have a story you want to see on my channel? Go to AsTheRavenDreams.com slash submit, or you can always check those links down below. Thank you. When my sister and I were younger, we were left at home by ourselves a lot. My parents split up, and my mom had custody of us. She worked a lot, so she would get us off to school in the morning, and then I had a key to the house to get in when we got home, because she would be working until 6 or 7. I was in 8th grade, and my sister, Taylor, was in 6th. 6th grade through 8th grade was middle school, so we went to the same school and rode the same bus. It was a normal routine. We'd get home, call mom on the phone to let her know we made it, finish our homework before she got home, and then have the rest of the time to do whatever. After homework, we would watch TV, play in our rooms, or sometimes call the neighbor kids over to hang out. The neighborhood was pretty great growing up. There were tons of kids around to play with, and older people that were always willing to pay you to rake their leaves or shovel snow. When we were younger, one of the ladies used to come over and watch us. I told my mom that I was old enough to handle myself and Taylor, so she slowly let me do so. She let me stay home if she had to take Taylor to an appointment, or let us both stay home if she had to run to the store. This school year, though, she started letting us go home alone, which had been great. She said as long as she never heard us complaining about the other when she got home, and that our homework was done, she would let us continue doing this. Taylor and I always made sure to work things out before she got home, so we didn't lose such privileges. Yeah, such as being home alone. One day after calling my mom, she told me that she was going to be running a little behind, but that she would call when she was on her way home. Seven o'clock rolled around, and she called saying it was going to be longer than she thought, so she was going to order pizza for us. After discussing our options and arguing over toppings, the order was placed. She told me when they arrived, get the food, and since it was already paid for and tipped, to close the door and lock it again. We were not to open the door for anyone but her unless she called to tell us someone is supposed to be coming over. So, we sat, watching television and waiting when the doorbell rang. I thought nothing more than it just must be the pizza guy because it was late and mom said no one else was supposed to be coming over. To my surprise, though, when I opened the door, it was three guys, all wearing bandanas over the bottom parts of their face, and immediately rushing in and shutting the door behind them. I remember screaming and Taylor seeing everything and starting to cry. One of the guys tried to put his hand over my mouth, and the other one ran to Taylor shushing her as she tried to climb to the back of the couch. She wouldn't go towards the guy, and I tried my best to keep the one by me off me when the third guy pulled out a gun. He said if we didn't keep quiet and do what he said, he would shoot us. 
and then wait for my mom to get home and shoot her too. Taylor started sobbing and I tried to quiet her from the door. Once the gun guy was satisfied, he asked us where the basement was and made me lead them to it. Gun guy told the other two to take us downstairs and figure out how to secure us. We walked downstairs. Taylor was still crying as he led us over to a pole behind the stairs where water drained from. I think it came from the bathroom upstairs. The other guy went through a laundry basket that was nearby, as our washer and dryer are down there, and pulled out two shirts to use to tie us up. He tied us back to back to the pole and knelt down in front of Taylor and whispered something about staying quiet. He told her to count to 100 in her head and they would be gone. Then he looked over to me and asked if I knew if there was any jewelry or a safe in our house. I didn't know if my mom had a safe, but I did know she had a jewelry box, but I told him no. He stared at me for what felt like forever with a raised eyebrow, then stood up and motioned for the other guy. The guy that tied us up went back upstairs, and we heard a lot of stuff being moved and loud thumps. It seemed to go on for quite some time. I remember asking Taylor what number she was at, and she said she stopped counting. I can't blame her, though. However, as we sat there waiting for this eternity to end, the doorbell rang. I assumed it was the pizza guy, but whomever it was, I was happy they were there. The guy downstairs looked like he had just seen a ghost and didn't know what to do. He asked me if we were expecting someone, and I told him, pizza. He took off up the stairs, shutting the door so that we were in the dark and quiet of the basement alone. I heard a lot of what sounded like running, but no talking. We sat there for several seconds as I started to work on untying myself. Taylor had started crying again, so I was trying to quiet her so I could focus on what was happening upstairs and untying. I finally got loose and untied her as well, but I told her to stay there so she looked like she was still bound. I walked up two or three stairs when I started hearing walking again and paused. Then, I heard someone shout, Hello? And I ran back over to Taylor and crouched. I heard the first steps get closer and the basement door open. Then I remember the next part because it was one of the best feelings ever. The voice said, Pizza's here. And I ran up the stairs to be greeted by a younger, tall, less intimidating guy in a pizza uniform. And I started crying. I yelled for Taylor to come up and I remember unloading on the poor pizza guy. He actually got us calmed down and said that he had called the cops when he saw the guys running from the house. We called our mom, but apparently she was already on her way home, or almost home. She had tried calling and got a busy signal as she tried to rush home, then knowing something was wrong. When she got there, the pizza guy was talking to her about what happened with us right by her. Apparently... When they opened the door, they knocked him to the ground, while the one pointed a gun in his face and told him not to move until they left. 
He said he decided to come in to check if someone was hurt since someone had to have ordered the food. After the cops looked around, they determined they had stolen our game console that was in my room and a couple necklaces that my mom had hanging in the bathroom. Sadly, the pizza was a casualty too, but we weren't very hungry that night. My mom did give the pizza guy a big hug and kiss on the cheek, and we hugged him too. It was a terrifying situation, but I was thankful he was brave enough to come in and check instead of just leaving. My mom doesn't like to leave us alone anymore, unless it's during the day, and the neighbors know too so they can check on us. I believe they did end up catching at least two of the guys, because I remember my mom taking us to identify their faces. I hope I never have to do that again, because that alone was overwhelming. This happened to me and my wife when we were in our 30s. We live in a fairly popular city, surrounded by houses on all sides, and a couple blocks east was the shopping side, with grocery stores, restaurants, and even a farmer's market popping up out there on the weekends. We liked going to the market, because my wife was due soon, and it gave us a place to walk that was outside and close to home. Not to mention she ate so many tomatoes while pregnant, and she claimed they had the best ones. The neighborhood itself has always been nice. No real issues with anyone. I think the cops were called once because there were kids playing in the park nearby. They were screaming a lot, and people thought something was wrong, and called them. Turned out, it was just the kids playing around, but I think it gave them a nice scare to not scream so much. So, maybe some loud kids, but that was about it. One night in particular, the wife wasn't feeling well, so she went to bed early. I wasn't tired, so I stayed up for a bit longer to finish the show that I was watching just to get a better idea of the layout of our place. When you walk in the front door, you enter the living room. This is where I was watching TV. To the right is a hall with our bedroom, a bathroom, and our nursery. Going straight from the front door, you'll go to the kitchen, and the wall to the left had a door to the garage. The back wall of the kitchen has an entryway to our little green room, I suppose you could call it, it had tall windows on all three walls and a sliding door on one that led to our backyard. We had some long curtains hanging on all the windows because it can get pretty hot back there, and we used that as an office and, now, extra storage. The yard wasn't fenced in, which was fine because the two houses next to us were owned by an older couple with no kids or pets and the other was owned by an older guy that appeared to have his daughter and granddaughter visiting, so there was no trouble with them. So on this night, while I was watching TV, I thought I saw a light go by the window. 
Like a flashlight or a reflector on a bike or something. I didn't really think much of it at first because it also faced the road, so I thought it was probably just a bike passing. After a few minutes, I saw what looked like someone walking by my window, so I got up to look and saw nothing. No cars, no one outside at our neighbors, so I made sure the door was locked and went back to watching my show. At this point, it had probably been 20 to 30 minutes because the episode had finished. So, before playing the next one, I went to the kitchen to refill my cup. Of course, we have to have sweets in the house. So, as my eyes met the chocolate chunk cookies, I went to open them when I heard a thumping sound coming from the green room. I just paused at first, making sure that what I heard was real, when I heard what sounded like the door sliding closed. So, I grabbed a steak knife, it was the closest thing to me, and slowly walked to the back. As I got back there, I noticed that the door was, in fact, slightly open still. We don't always lock the back slider, because there's no reason for anyone to be back there besides us. So, now I'm looking around to see if someone is in here, or did they leave already? Mind you, the lights are still off, so there's a light coming in from the neighbor's patio, but that's about it. I'm walking as close to the back wall as I could while looking around the room, when I noticed someone very poorly hidden in our curtains. As I mentioned, they are pretty thick, which makes them stick out some, but they don't go all the way to the floor. So, if you're trying to hide behind them, you'd better hope you can levitate, or else your sneakers are going to show off. So, with that... I mustered all the bravery in me, and as deep and threatening as I could, I said, You've got ten seconds to run out the door you came in, and if you make it, I won't call the cops. I don't even think I got it all out before the guy darted out from behind the curtain and took off out the door. I'd be lying if I said I was totally calm and prepared if he ran towards me instead. I did take notice of what he looked like, though. It was dark, but the light by the door coming in was enough for me to tell that he had long, dark hair, pulled back in a hair tie. He was wearing a dark hoodie with some kind of logo on the left arm that looked like a circle. He also wasn't wearing anything to cover his face, so I could tell he had a short beard. After a few seconds, I ran to the door locked it, and looked around to see if he was anywhere nearby, but he must have taken off, because he was nowhere to be seen. I did a quick look over of the room to see if he did take anything, but nothing looked like it had been touched except the pen holder that was on the floor. I assumed that was probably the thump that I heard. I don't think he had time to even consider taking anything yet. I closed all the curtains in there and the living room, 
checked any windows to make sure they were closed and locked, and then went to check on my wife, who, based on her snoring, had been out the whole time. I ended up going back to the living room because I was too freaked out and wired at this point to sleep, but ended up passing out a few hours later. I never told my wife, because I didn't want her to worry about it unless something came up again. I didn't want to add any stress to her. I told her I must have passed out watching TV, though, and she believed me. From then, I was more cautious of making sure that all the doors and windows are locked at night, or whenever we left. The following week, we went to the market one last time before she was going to be going to the hospital. While she was looking at the tomatoes and talking to the couple that sells them, I kept moving down to look at everything else. I came across a small table with lemonade set up and a little girl sitting at it. On the other side of the lemonade container was a crate of strawberries for sale. The girl looked really excited that I had stopped and offered some lemonade for a price, of course. I think it was something like a quarter. I agreed, and the girl turned and yelled, Daddy, to the man who was doing something behind her. He stood up and started approaching the table when my stomach dropped. This guy had long, dark hair, it was pulled back, and he was wearing a hoodie with the same logo I noticed in my house a week ago. It was for a local community college by us. He had shaved recently, though. The girl told her father that I wanted a lemonade, so he helped her begin pouring it. I asked how long they had been set up out here, and I think that's when he recognized me, too. The guy's voice began to crack, and he was shaking. He said he was trying to make money since his wife was pregnant with their second child, and the people agreed to let him set up here. He had strawberries he was selling, and he had bought some lemons to make lemonade with them to entice people to buy them. He said they were down on their luck, with her not working and him losing his job recently. He also said it felt like he was given a second chance to do the right thing. My wife walked up about this time, and I mentioned that we were about to have our first one too, and he congratulated me. I ended up buying a pound of strawberries and gave the kid a five for the lemonade, and her eyes lit up. The guy actually shook my hand and thanked me, and then we left. So that's the story of how I paid a guy that broke into my own home. I do hope that what he said was true, though, and that I was the first and last place that he broke into. Right after graduating high school, I dipped from my mom's place. I couldn't stand the guy she dated or had around, and she didn't seem to care much how I felt, so I was done. I had saved up most of my money while I was working in school and got myself a cheap car, so I didn't have to rely on her. 
Then, the week after I graduated, I got as much of my stuff in my car that I could and left. I still talked to my mom, so I knew the rest of my stuff would be okay there, but I just needed out. For the first few years, I lived with friends or cousins and just kept most of my stuff in my car. A few months before my 20th birthday, I had a friend offer to get an actual place together, so it would be in both of our names. I agreed, and soon after, we got a nice little duplex that was perfect for us. It was a two-bedroom with a full basement. We ended up turning the basement into a party and gaming room. He had an Xbox set up down there, his computer, and even a stereo system. We ended up finding a foosball table that we brought home and put down there and made some makeshift ping-pong tables. It was a nice little place to hang out, and I loved it. We got to know the neighbors. A few of them were younger couples around us with kids. There was a guy that lived with his on-and-off-again girlfriend across the street that had come over a few times that we had gotten to know. Then there was the guy in the duplex attached to us. It was just one guy, probably in his late 30s. He usually kept to himself, like he may nod or smile at us if we're outside, but that's it. However, he did have his share of guests. Most of them showed up with hats and sunglasses on and never acknowledged anyone. They always immediately went inside. There were other times where it'd be really late at night, and we would see a car's headlights pull and sit there until our neighbor ran out to the car. And then they would exchange something, and then run back in. We could piece things together after a few of his visitors, but nothing ever happened over there, and he never bothered us. It just became more of a minding our own business thing, and we never thought much else about it. A little over a year later, we renewed our lease, and were getting ready to have a party for my 21st birthday. I remember us going to get snacks and drinks. My friend was 22, so he bought the drinks, of course, and just having one hell of a party. We probably had a dozen people over, downstairs, out back, in the living room. It was a great time. I know I drank a lot, but I was home, so once I was done, I passed out in my room. Later that night, I started to hear a lot of thumping that sounded like it was coming from next door. The wall my bed is against is the joined wall of our neighbors, so we can hear a lot when you're in the bedroom and sometimes the living room. I was pretty out of it, of course, but I remember waking up to use the restroom. When I came back, that's when I started to hear all the sounds. At first, it was just single thumps, like someone slamming a door or maybe even dropping something. I then started hearing grunts and muffled yelling. I didn't really think much of it, and couldn't really process between being tired and drunk, so I just passed back out. 
The next morning, though, I woke to more pounding, but this time it sounded like it was coming from our door. So I got up, groggy as hell, and made my way to the front door. And I thought maybe it was one of our friends coming back to get something they left, but unfortunately, it wasn't. I opened to see two cops standing at my door. They introduced themselves and vaguely explained at first that there was an ongoing investigation, but they said they had some questions. I offered to let them in, but they stayed near the entryway. They asked me if I was home last night, and when I told them I was, as well as several others for a party, they asked if anyone else was in the house. I assumed my roommate was, and they told me to go get him, and anyone else inside. I quickly went and knocked on my roommate's door to get him up, and asked if he knew if anyone else stayed over, and he mentioned someone being downstairs. I went down there and woke up our friend and her boyfriend and got them upstairs with us. The cops then had us all go outside and asked to search the place. With our guests back at their car, my roommate and I asked what was going on. They said they got a call for a welfare check on the man next to us, and they said that they found him dead. And they said it appeared he had been robbed so they wanted to check with us to see if we heard or saw anything, and make sure that we could account for all of our guests. I certainly knew everyone that came over, and I didn't suspect any of them being the killer. The cop then said that they were more so concerned if anyone was here that showed up unexpectedly, or was acting suspiciously. I again said I couldn't recall anyone like that, and we gave them permission to look over the place to make sure no one was hiding in there. That was terrifying enough, the thought that we could have been hiding a killer. I went ahead and let my friends that were there know that they could leave, with permission from the other cop. I didn't feel like telling them what had happened, and they seemed like they just didn't want to be around the police, they left pretty quickly, too. As I walked back to the door, I noticed the window of our neighbor's place had been broken, and the screen door was nearly ripped off of its hinges. After their search, they told us it looked like someone had nearly pulled off the back door handle, so they dusted for prints. They said that they most likely saw all the people and took off instead of targeting us, especially if the suspect was alone. They had a few more questions for us before finally leaving us to comprehend what all had just happened. We were in a bit of shock, and it was quite sobering, unfortunately. I think it was the following day that we had the news van drive by taking pictures and recording, which was weird, until we saw it on the news that night. And they were talking about our neighbor. And they said that He'd been strangled and found by the police after his sister tried calling multiple times and not getting an answer. My friend thinks that since he was a seller, or possibly a user, that he was targeted and probably robbed for whatever he may have had. The fact that they tried us did worry me a bit, 
It was their plan to make sure we didn't talk or see anything? Was it just a robbery gone bad? Did he think he'd hang out at our party and blend in? It was a bit worrisome at night, sometimes wondering if they would come back, until the news reported that they had arrested someone in relation to this case, which definitely made me feel better. I think the place sat empty for several months before we got a new neighbor. It was an older couple, which put a bit of a damper on our parties, but at least we knew they probably wouldn't have any shady guests around. So that was a collection of three home invasion horror stories, and damn. I'm thankful to never have to, well, so far, have never had to face a situation like this. Um, because really, that's creepy as hell. And I really do feel sorry for those kids in the uh, pizza person hero one. Uh, yeah. So really, thank you to everyone who lets me use their stories, and thank you to all of you, and I hope you're all doing well. Um, I hope you are all doing well out there in the world, the world, wherever you are that you're listening to. Anyways, um, if you did enjoy this and would like more content like this, or content that is so vastly different, it's like comparing fidget spinners to green tea, please consider hitting that thumbs up button and subscribing to the channel if you are new. You can also leave me a comment letting me know what you thought of the video or the stories, you can also support over Patreon or channel memberships. All patrons and channel members get early access to my content like this and extra content. Most of them, at least, get extra content. Some of them get a poster, too. Really, there's just a bunch of tiers. You should check down below the links. There's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of good stuff if you want to support the channel further. Always optional and always appreciated and never required and never, ever expected. I just am rambling at this point. I love you all. I hope you have a beautiful day, and I hope that I will see you on the next video. But until then, sleep well. 